Hello and welcome to Byesville Assembly of God Church. We exist to be a place of connection to God and to others who believe in Jesus. We're glad you joined us today. We invite you to listen close as our lead pastor, Joe Summers, preaches the Word of God. Well, good morning. It's good to have you with us this morning. We are in the book of Habakkuk. As you have been joining with us, we are finishing up our series on lessons from Habakkuk. And today we are in chapter 3. In chapter 3, um, there seems to be this change that happened in Habakkuk. Uh, in chapters 1 and, and chapter, in all of chapter 1 and all of chapter 2 except for the last verse, um, you see this sense of agony, this sense of disappointment, this wrestling, uh, as it were, with God. Why are you not doing what I want you to do? Maybe some of you are feeling that way in your life right now. Then you get to the end of chapter 2, and, and the, the very last verse, Habakkuk, uh, he says this. He says, you know what? I'm confused. I'm wrestling. I'm doubting. And then he says this, but the Lord is in his holy temple. God is still on the throne. And then he says this, let all the earth be silent before him. It's almost like you get this Psalm 46 vibe here when he says that. It's like that be still and know that I am God kind of vibe. He says, I, even though I'm hurting and I don't understand, God is still in his temple. And then in chapter 3, he kind of pushes this reset button. Verse 1, I mean, verse 1, if you look at chapter 3, verse 1, it's typically one of those kind of verses you like to skip over and, and just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, but today I want to focus on one word that's found in chapter 3, verse 1. I think it's an important word. Um, it, it's something that is the prayer of Habakkuk here. And the word is this, Sijanoth. Sijanoth. Say that, Sijanoth. <laughs> Don't worry, you didn't just cuss in church, it's okay. Um, Sijanoth. What in the world does Sijanoth mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Sijanoth is the plural form of the word Sijin. All right, so now that we're all good and, and we've established that, let's move on. Sijin is only found, the word Sijin is only found one place in Scripture, um, and that's in Psalm chapter 7. Sijinoth is also only used one time, and that's right here in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. These two words, we don't know a whole lot about them, uh, but what we do know is that it gives direction on how to sing a song. It's a musical term to instruct um, a group of people on how to sing. For example, I might say to you this, I, I'd like for you to sing this worship song as if it were a love song to God. Um, and that's how you would sing that. Or, or I might sing, uh, say, hey, give this one a little bit of a jazz flair, or let's sing this one as a hip-hop version, you know. Uh, it's just giving some, some thought process. So what does the word Sijinoth mean? What is it actually, what, what would be happening if that were taking place? It means this, to sing with strong emotion, with passioned, impassioned exuberance. It means wild, passionate singing with rapid changes of rhythm. It means high-spirited praise with vigorous enthusiasm. There's an article that, that said it this way, it's not a whiny crying your beer ballad. I kind of like that. It, it's, if you're in the crying your, mirror, your beer to a country song kind of mood, this is not Sijinoth. The, the article went on to say this, that Sijinoth is a praise punctuated with exclamation points. 
It is praise punctuated with exclamation points. And what I want you to understand about Habakkuk in chapter 3 is he is doing this full body, all in, exuberant worship before God, even before God does what anything that he wanted him to do. Did you catch that? He's doing this exuberant, all in worship before he before God, before God even does anything of what he wants. You know, sometimes the most passionate, authentic praise is actually found before the provision. It's praise not just because of what God does, it's more praise about who God is. Not just what you do. I'm going to praise you for your character and your goodness and your faithfulness. And I'm going to praise you for your glory. I'm going to praise you, Sijanoth. It's happened, praise before anything happens. In verse 2, Habakkuk says this of God. He says, Lord, I've heard of your, fra- of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, he, and he says, repeat them. Basically, he says, in wrath, I remember nurseries. And, and then in, at the end of verse 2, he says, repeat them in our day. Repeat them. He says, do it again, God. Make them known. I love the song that we sing here. It's a, it's a song that says, I've seen you move, God. I've seen you move the mountains. And I know, Lord, that you'll do it again. You've made a way where there's no way. God, I believe that you're going to do it again. God, I've seen you work. I'm praising you, God, for even though I don't understand what's going on, I'm praising you, God, anyway. And I know, God, that you're going to repeat yourself. I've heard of your fame. I stand in all of your deeds. And he says, God, repeat them. What do you do when life gets difficult? You know, the first week we talked about um, some of that. You experience the goodness of God, and you're on this kind of high. It's like, thank you, God. You're amazing. I love you. You're awesome. Every prayer gets answered. Everything that you uh, do, God, you're just fantastic. I feel you. And then all of a sudden, something bad happens. You lose your job. You get some bad news. You pray for something that you get, that, that you want, but you don't get it. Matter of fact, instead of getting what you want, you get the exact opposite of what you prayed for. You, can, you, you find yourself in a place where you're just like, God, where are you? Remember we talked about on the other side of that, it's called the crisis of belief. It's like, God, I, I thought that you were going to do this, but because you're not doing this, I, I, I don't understand. Uh, what do you do when what you see with your eyes is different from what you believe in your heart and you're finding yourself in a valley situation? What do you do when you're crying out to God, believing that he'll hear your prayer, God, that he'll move in such a a way to bring blessing and relief and provision, but somehow he doesn't? What do you do? There's a couple things that I want us to talk about today, and they're found in this passage in Habakkuk 3. Uh, The first thing is this. We're going to remember and embrace the goodness and the faithfulness of our God. We're going to remember. We're going to remember. Habakkuk says in verse 3, he says, God came from Taman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. When you hear about those places, you probably think, well, what's that mean to me? That really doesn't mean much to me. But these places were very meaningful to Habakkuk 
because they represent the places where God took his people when they were refugees out of the land of Egypt. God's, he's saying, God, I'm remembering when I didn't think that there was any way, when I thought that we would be in slavery and bondage forever. But God, you moved in the heart of Pharaoh and, and you parted the Red Sea. And, and God, we crossed over on, on dry land and you destroyed our enemies behind us as they pursued us. And God, you were faithful. And I think back on your goodness. And I know, God, that you can do that again. And then in verses 4, 5, and 6, Habakkuk says of God, he says, His splendor was like the sunrise. His rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. What did God do? He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. He said, God, I will remember your faithfulness. I remember your goodness. I remember your justice. I remember uh, your presence. God, I remember you, how you were glorified through what you did. And if you continue to read on through verses 7 through 15, this is kind of what Habakkuk does. He's talking about the justice and the faithfulness of God. Here's what Habakkuk could have done. He could have remembered some of those things and um, the other people did and perhaps he did. And he could have said, God, you remember when you provided for us manna? I remember when you did that. He could have went back and said, God, I remember when you provide manna for us from heaven. I remember when you gave us water from the rock. I, I remember when you gave us meat to eat from the birds. I remember you know, we kind of do that too as we look back through Scripture. God, I remember when you closed the mouth of lions and saved a man named Daniel. I remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace and when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. God, I remember when you raised the dead, when you raised Lazarus from the dead. God, I remember when you spoke to dry bones in Ezekiel and they came to life. Sometimes when you're in the valley, when you're in a difficult situation, you just have to simply remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God. I remember looking that back in my life. I, I remember I was in college and, you know, everybody around me seemed to be having a girlfriend. They were linking up with somebody um, and, and engaged or whatever. And, and I thought, you know what? I am never, I, I'm just almost relinquished myself to the single life. Never going to happen. Um, and, and all of a sudden, I remember I went back to Terre Haute, Indiana. It was my sophomore year uh, from Bible college at CBC. I really wasn't all that excited to go back. My plan was to just stay in Springfield, Missouri. I was going to just stay there and go get school. I was going to work and just get through school. We had a pastoral change at our church back home and and that pastor calls me up and he says, hey, would you come and help us out for the summer? And I thought, yeah, you know, I can, I can do that. And so it was my very first week helping out in youth ministry and, and I'm playing the drums for youth and all of a sudden the room stops and everything grows dark except for on one person. <clears throat> I wasn't someone who had a lot of girlfriends though, but I thought, man, dear Jesus, help me not to screw this up. <laughs> You've sent me uh, this uh, person, help me not to run her off. That person's name was Crystal Bemis, and today her name is Crystal Summers, which is my wife. She's my best friend, the most amazing person I know. I remember how God put that together. I remember in ministry when we made like $175 a week and money was tight, and we needed to eat cheap if we ate at all. 
but I remember how God was always faithful. I remember back at our kids and seeing how God protected them and has been with them. I remember when my daughter Caitlin was born and uh, she was born. She couldn't, she, she wasn't breathing or even crying when she was born. And I was kind of scared. I was freaking out. And, and the doctors pretty much told us that she might struggle with breathing. She might have this kind of effects on her for the rest of her life. And, and she was on a breathing machine for much of her early childhood. She got sick often and and I remember that we just prayed, God help, we, you got to help, we, we, we need you. And, and God intervened and used doctors and used different things. And today she's, she's better. She, she doesn't struggle with that. I remember how God's faithfulness. I remember my son Cameron who God called him and felt like he was supposed to go to Taiwan on a short-term six-month mission trip and how dad was apprehensive to send his son halfway across the planet. But God intervened and God provided and God put him there and he saw great things happen through his ministry there. I remember what God's brought us through. I remember. There are other things that I could go through and tell you today. There are all kinds of other testimonies that if I sat back and watched and listened and and wrote down and, and reminisced, I could just come with all of these things that says, I remember. Memories are important. They're like altars that we place. In Israel's history, what they would do is, if you find in the Old Testament, they would say, build an altar there, build, a, build something there. Why? Because it was always something that they could remember, that whenever they would pass through there again, they'd remember God's faithfulness. They'd remember God's plan. And so we need to do those kind of things in our life. When we get into a tough situation, when we're walking through the valley, when we're in a difficult season, we need to remember God's faithfulness and how he's good. Do you remember his goodness of God, of his goodness when you're walking in the valley? Second thing is this, let me tell you what you shouldn't do, something that you do not want to do, and that's this, don't just endure when you're in the valley. Don't just endure when you're in the valley. What is enduring? Enduring is this kind of passive response to something that's happening to you. I encourage you, don't endure. But like we've talked about, when you're in the valley, it's important to embrace and believe that God is still good. You need to embrace what he's doing. You think about Habakkuk's situation. The enemy, the Babylonians, they're winning. He feels that way. He looked and he recognized, man, this is bad, but it's about to get worse. And he embraces this situation with everything in him. He still declares, my God is still on the throne. My God is still in control. He's always good. He's always faithful. What I love about this is instead of going to some kind of state of denial, just pretending like it's not true or it's not happening. This is the idea of looking bad news right in the face. And in the middle of a terrible report, in the middle of getting a bad uh, doctor's report or bad news, you look it right in the face and you say this, my God is still in control. My God is still on the throne. I continue to embrace him and his goodness. Watch what Habakkuk does here. Chapter 1, he's wrestling. Chapter 2, he's waiting. Chapter 3, watch as he embraces. In in verse 16, it says this. He says, I heard and my heart pounded. I want to stop for just a minute and just kind of give some explanation and clarity here. This is not the, oh my goodness, she's so good looking. She smells so good. I love it when she passes and flips her hair like that. That's not the kind of heart pounding that this is talking about. This is the bad kind. 
This is the bowed kind of heart pounding. This is, man, I just got really bad news, and I'm scared to death. And he says, my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. God just told me that he's going to raise up my enemy. He's going to raise up the Babylonians, and they're going to destroy the people that I love. He says, I wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. He says, it's bad. It's going to get worse. It's going to be brutal. This is going to be a tremendous amount of suffering. And then he says this. It's amazing in verse 17. He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there's no grapes on the vine and the fields produce no food and there's no sheep in the pen and there's no cattle in the skulls. You know, if, if that were today's vernacular, we might say it this way, even though I'm still praying and I'm not seeing an answer, even though I'm still believing that we can conceive, but we haven't conceived yet, even though I'm still asking God for that job or that promotion or that provision, for that blessing, for that answer, and I've not seen it yet, even though I've lost something so valuable and I don't even understand why, then Habakkuk says this, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. You know, there's a dozen reasons as to why I might not want to rejoice. But this isn't a half-hearted song to God. This is Sijanoth. This is a full body, full soul, all in, everything within me, declaring the praise and the goodness and the glory of God, even though I don't see what I want to see. What's he doing? He's wrestling, but he's embracing This isn't half-hearted partial declaration. This comes from the depths of his soul. This is a faith that worships God even when everything is not right. This is a faith that gives God praise when you don't like what you see. This is a cry from the depth of your heart, believing that his goodness is in the middle of your pain. This is chapter 3, Sijanoth. It's an important word that sometimes we look over. It's the praise before the provision. It's the praise with exclamation points. Even if he doesn't change the circumstances, he can change your perspective. Chapter 1, don't quit on God. Chapter 2, don't walk away from God. And Habakkuk doesn't resolve to make the most of a bad situation so much deeper than that. Don't walk away. Don't quit on God. But find power in your praise. Find power in your praise. Worship with everything he has. What Habakkuk does is he looks at the truth right in the face and he says, you know what, I recognize this isn't good. And I understand that this will probably get worse. There's no grapes coming. There's no blossoms coming. The only thing that seems to be coming right now is judgment. But he says this, the Lord is still in his temple. He's still worthy of praise. And here's what I I want us to look at today. God never does what Habakkuk wants him to do. God never does what Habakkuk wants him to do. Again, this is not a sitcom sermon. It's not like we get to a point where we're like, oh, okay, we're all better now. That never happens. But I want you to see the very last verse of this book in chapter 3. What do you do when you're waiting. The last verse of chapter 3 says this, the sovereign Lord is my strength. 
Habakkuk says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. What does God do? He enables me to tread on the heights. He takes me to a more intimate place, to a place of greater faith. He takes me to a new place. What do I know about God? I know this. I enjoy God on the mountaintops. I love him there. It's awesome. I enjoy him there, but I get to know him in the valley. I love to praise him for the what, but in the valley, I just simply praise him for who he is. I like to brag on him in the mountaintops, but I get to know him intimately in the valley. And when you start to have this kind of perspective on God, you kind of understand what James is talking about when he says, consider it joy uh, when you, um, even though you don't understand, consider it joy when you face trials of all kinds, because those trials, those hardships, they do something in you. They develop perseverance. And that perseverance has to finish its work so that you can be mature and complete and not lacking anything. We need to praise God even when you don't see it. It's time to praise God even when you don't feel it. It's time to cry out and to praise Him, not just for what you see, but for, but for what you don't see. It's time to get our Sijanoth on and be exuberant and worship and Praise with exclamation points. What I want you to understand is this. You don't have chapter 3 without the of intimacy without the chapter 1 of wrestling. And you don't have chapter 3 without the chapter 2 of waiting. Because there's something that God is doing in us in the middle of the valley. What do you do when you're there? You remember the goodness of God. You embrace Him. Yeah, you may wrestle. And you wait. But maybe you don't understand. But you never let go. You praise with exclamation points. Father, today I ask that you would do what only you can do. God, take us to chapter 3. Lord, we embrace you no matter what. Hallelujah. This morning as you're praying, maybe you'd sit here and you'd say, you know what, I'm wrestling. Maybe today you're in a waiting area, period. There's something that's not where you want it to be. I want to encourage you to continue to embrace God. I don't understand why this is happening. I, I, I wish, God, you'd just do something different. What do you do when what you see is not what you want? With what you see with your eyes is not necessarily what you believe in your heart. What do you do with that? Today you're here and you say, you know what? I, I, I understand and I've walked through these lessons with us and, and, and I get it. Number one, don't quit on God. Number two, don't walk away from God. And number three, I need to praise. It's a day I need to embrace. It's a day if that's you and, and you look through this book of Habakkuk, his name meant wrestling and embracing. And for the first almost two-thirds of this book, he's wrestling. He's having a hard time. He's trying to wrap his mind around what God is doing, but he just can't get there. And, and then all of a sudden he moves. He has a transition from wrestling to embracing. And today I want to challenge, is that what you need to do? Sijanoth. 
to praise even when you don't see. To praise full on, all in, worship to the Lord. If that's you this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Joe, that, that's where I'm at today. I'm in a difficult situation. I don't know what's going on in your family, but you do. I don't know what reports you've received, but you do. I don't know the, the difficulty that's happening in your marriage and in your kids. I don't know what's going on in your workplace and, and in, your, in your circle of community, but God knows and you know, and, and you want to say, God, even though I don't understand everything, God, I still want to embrace. And if that's you this morning, would you just slip your hand up? I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray that right now, uh, as we're lifting up our hands while we're waiting on you, that we would praise you right now, even when we're hurting. Give us, God, the faith to praise you, even when we don't see the provision. God, not just for the what, but for the who, for who you are. Help us, God. Help us to never let go. Yeah, we might push back. We might wrestle a little bit. We might cry out. We might even acknowledge some doubts that we have before you, Lord. But help us to never let go because we understand that you will never let go of us. You will never forsake us. I thank you for that today, Lord. As you're still praying, maybe there's some of you today that you're going to recognize that you don't have what I'm talking about. You don't have that intimacy, that embracing thing, that confidence and that assurance. And as Habakkuk said, that strength, that the sovereign Lord is my strength. You don't have that in your life right now. I'm convinced sometimes that God will let us get to a low point so that we have nowhere else to turn but to reach up. And today you're hurting, you're desperate, you're feeling all alone, feeling guilty, you maybe feel like you're broken. You're listening today, and, and as you're listening, you, you understand that you're not doing that by accident, that God is here, and you're here because God cares for you. He set you up today, and, and maybe God is waiting on you to take a step. We've talked about us waiting on Him, but maybe today He's waiting on you. He's ready for you to say yes to him. Yes to grace and mercy. Yes to his goodness. Yes to Jesus. The son of God who was perfect in every way died on a cross for you. The perfect sacrifice so that you could have a relationship with God and be transformed. He puts broken things back together again. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how dark your life feels. When you call on the name of Jesus, he will hear your prayer and he'll forgive your sin. God will do that for you. And you'd like to say, I want to turn from my sins today. I want to follow Jesus. He puts broken things back together. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, Forgive me of my sins. Change me and make me new. Jesus, be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Spirit so that I can serve you, so that I can follow you. My life is not my own. I give it to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you're praying today, you've prayed that prayer, would you let us know? You can contact us. The information will be on your screen. But if you're listening on radio, you can call us, 740-685-2553. You can email us at office, buysvilleag.org. You just simply mail us, 102 South 7th Street, Buysville, Ohio, 43723. So glad you joined us today. God has something in store for your life. Let me just encourage you, sitting off. Spend some time doing that this week, praising God with everything you have. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Buysville Assembly of God. At our church, we exist to be a place of connection to God and to others who believe in Jesus. We're glad you joined us today. We hope you join us next time as we hear a powerful word from the Bible. God bless you and your family from all of us at Buysville Assembly of God.